killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside It's been a little while since we've hung out and recorded a podcast Have you seen any other horror movies by chance? Um, You know what, Chris? I ain't. Me neither. Yeah, I haven't. Shoot. We've, we've been taking time off, and yeah. that includes... And not that we intended to, but it no, just happens sometimes. It just worked out that way. Yeah. And uh, so um, some of our security cats may notice that there's been far fewer Dave's Game Corners than usual in the past two episodes. That is true. I think Esme in particular is probably very frustrated <laughs> that she hasn't heard any update from Dave's Game Corner. Yeah, um, just uh, it hasn't lended itself too easily lately, but you know there there have been moments I've just been taking my time with it. Yeah, well, you said you've had there's a new game that came out that you've been playing. Well, yeah, I got on Destiny two really really late, and anyone hearing me announce it now for the first time is gonna be like, wow, you finally did it. Especially because the set comes out like weeks after we're recording it. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's late. Regardless of when you hear this, it was late, and I hopped on the Destiny two train, and it's been a lot of fun. Before that, I was playing Bloodborne, which is like a super great, gross, uh, Victorian, uh, gothic-looking monster game. So does it t- take place in London? No, it's it's in its own its own world. Okay, yeah, its own, but inspired world. by Victorian yeah, themes and aesthetics. That's the aesthetic, and uh, you're just it's super bloody and just disgusting, and anyone who's it really hard to. Mm. Um, but the monster design in it is just so awesome and gross. Like I want to, I want you to just come over and just I want to start some boss fights. You can see the way that they design characters. It's just so disgusting, and they use like parts of dead people to like make like you know the limb of some some horrible hell creature. Uh. They're like skulls are like an aesthetic, and every creature like has like fifteen skulls on its shoulder. Like nice. it's, it's insane. It looks so good. What's the overall premise or story or goal? Um, you're this world has been thrust into like a permanent darkness where the people by some plague are over time turning into these terrible beasts. Mm -hmm. And there are those who are not afflicted by that, who are called hunters who go into this nightmare and they're able to hunt and you hunt by using like blood. So you are a hunter going out there trying to destroy, destroy beasts, all the beasts. Yeah. And you've got a gun and the bullets are made of silver and blood naturally. Yeah. So are there some werewolfy things? There's tons of wolfy stuff in it. Yeah. Tons of just every kind of monster you can imagine. And so many that you just could never imagine. Nice. I'm into it. Yeah. While we're in the corner, I just started playing Dead Space 2 finally. Ooh, yes. But I just got the opening scene, but it was so meaty on its yeah. own, like before I even really got to the gameplay. It's amazing that, for those that know, like once you start the straight jackets, yeah, you, you just like, you get thrown into the action immediately. And I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever had that with any other video game where yeah. all, you're just right in the center of an intense, very serious storyline. Yeah. You, when I start games, you're used to like, okay, I'm going to have like so many video clips and exposition. Yeah. But with Dead Space 2, you're thrown in right away with yeah. a straight jacket on and you're just running. Like yeah. you're just, you're trying, there's a guy, he's like, I got to get you out of here. Shit's going down. And then he just turns into a monster in front of you. Yeah. You headbutt him off and then you're just in the shit of it. Yeah. In that moment. Gunning with the adrenaline that you have at the final boss of the last one. Yeah. Like, what a great way to start a game. So good. And uh, a cool little tidbit about that um, is the, the guy who dies, who becomes the first monster right in front of your face mm-hmm. in that moment that was actually a contest that they they did they did it for dead space 3 as well what? um where you could you submitted your i don't know what it was in that one it was like a t-shirt design or a monster design or something yeah um a creative contest and the winner their face got put into 
a character in the game who dies. That's so great. So it's that character in Dead Space 2, and then in Dead Space 3, there's another character you actually get to play as who is the winner of a gun designing contest. See, that's so cool because it's something that they can... It's like a bone they can throw to the community of people who are actively involved in supporting the games and Mm -hmm. are always keeping their finger on the pulse of what's happening, whereas the majority of people like me who are just playing the game will have no idea. Like, it doesn't... It's not overly in your face that it's something that they threw in there, but it's a nice subtle way to include the community without being, yeah, too down your throaty about it. Yeah, it's great. And it's like, you get to be something that is not going to jump out to a player of the game. You're going to be a part of the Dead Space experience. So crazy. That's the the best part, is a new player will never know that, but they'll always remember that face, that guy turning and his eyes going white and the skin falling off his face. So it was was a contest that they judged and then they chose the best one. Yeah. So it was like a merit-based, not just a random draw. And in Dead Space 3 specifically, um, there was... They have a, a gun designing component in the game. You get components of guns and you put them together. Mm-hmm. And uh, they introduced that engine on its own early so you could make guns before the game actually came out and like fuck around with all the different uh, things that guns could do. Yeah. And um, the winner of that contest... Got their gun in the got game? Their, not only... Uh, several of those guns from that contest were in the game in via schematics, um, but that's how you got your face in the game, became I a see. character. Yeah, I see. By winning that contest. Nice. I, I tried, but I didn't win. How much, when you hear something like that, how much of that do you think is them just outsourcing free development from a huge user fan base that will do make cooler weapons than they could possibly come up with and save them labor? And how much is genuine and extending an arm to the community? I think most game companies doing the exact same thing is it, it's, yeah, they're getting some free stuff made by the community. Mm-hmm. But with Dead Space specifically is the guns that the community made, you could have made on your own. Like they were going to be in the game anyway. So it was really for the community to get to play the game and interact with it before it came out. Right. And then, and then it was, yeah, like user voting too, like to determine who would win. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's not just like, he was like, that is the most functional. The one who, that one I think was called the honey badger. <laughs> yeah. And it was just a nasty little gun <laughs> multi-purposes. I used it several times. It was awesome. That's nice. That sounds a little more genuine. Yeah, it's. I think it is. Yeah. And EA is the company who put them out, and they're not an overall genuine company. And I think right now they're they're experiencing a lot of backlash for a recent launch. Yeah, I mean, just as someone who casually visits Reddit, it was, oh, it's yeah. been upvoted a few times. The <laughs> hatred of EA games. Reddit is very <laughs> upset with EA right now. And uh, I saw a really great infographic um, about like how the cycle of EA rage works. Is mm. <laughs> it starts with. Um, it's like, ooh, this trailer looks amazing. And it's like day one purchase. And then and then you plug the game in and you're looking at it. It's like microtransactions, day one server delays. I'll never buy an EA title again. And then it goes back to the first one. It's like, but that trailer looks pretty good. <laughs> That's what they do. They're putting out a new Star Wars game. Uh, or I mean, the Star Wars Battlefront 2 is coming out. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, And they have all the sports games, which are like four out of the five most popular games that exist at any point in time. Really? Are, yeah, like FIFA, Madden, that NHL, makes and NBA. That makes sense. And then after that, shortly after in the PlayStation's, uh, PlayStation 4's life, The Last of Us Remaster. Mm. game is number five i want that's the one with ellen page yeah. doing the voice right you must i have i it. saw I'll a trailer for it yeah i would love to play it. after i finished dead space two and three yeah then that would be next good move the last of us 
That's great. Yeah, man, it's better than Dead Space by a mile. Really? I prefer Dead Space because I love space alien stuff, but mm-hmm. Dead Space is a fucking masterpiece of storytelling. Right. And visuals. You mean uh, Last of Us? Last of Us, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a masterpiece. Cool. Undeniably. I assume so to get like a huge Hollywood A-lister to do the voice for it. Yeah. must be narratively pretty substantial. It tugs at your heart just like watching the best show you ever saw or the best movie cool yeah it's amazing it's absolutely amazing cool look forward to that scaredy cats more future dave's game corner we'll get back on track yeah. with him we'll get back into it um i went and finally saw here in toronto the Guillermo de toro exhibit you did i did <laughs> i went Let's a couple days ago and it is wonderful i don't even know his that many of his movies i think mm. the only one i've seen is pacific rim so i have a lot of gaps to fill in and i'm uh, guilty of that like i need to see pan's labyrinth yeah. we should do devil's backbone for an episode because mm-hmm. that's i think held as one of his most horror movies yeah we talked about that a little bit in chucky oh did we okay child's play yeah okay great um but the whole exhibit is just basically grimo de toro owns this home in malibu that he calls bleak house after charles dickens bleak house because okay. he's very inspired by the victorian area everything from the 18th yeah. century that's like his main kind of aesthetic really see pan's labyrinth see yeah yeah, yeah. Fair enough. and i don't know if he's rich or if just the money he's made off movies he's reinvested into things but he just acquires so much art from that era and so many objects and artifacts Mm -hmm. that he's filled up a whole home with all of these things and the whole exhibit is basically just pieces that he's taken from that home and shipped around the world for you to go walk around in and there's just so much stuff like i couldn't believe how big this exhibit was they had the kubrick exhibit a few years ago uh, at TIFF, mm-hmm. and that was like one third the size of how many rooms you go into for the Grand Toro stuff. You just walk through so many different things, and you see photos of his actual house where all these things usually live. Uh-huh. And in the main lobby, you walk in to his home, and there's just this giant creature that's uh-huh. just like right in the center of the home that you have to deal with. There's a giant Frankenstein head that's like on the wall. And when I say giant, I mean like it's like a story high, holy shit, and like five feet wide of Frankenstein because apparently Frankenstein was one of his biggest influences. But it's just incredible to see. Yeah, of course, if you're an imaginative creator like Guillermo de Toro, you clearly surround yourself with so many of these art pieces and artifacts so that yeah. way you're constantly inspired by all this stuff. Yeah, and man, the the fact that I want to see the Pan's Labyrinth stuff, like the creature you're describing, I feel like must be from Pan's Labyrinth because there's so many weird ones. But mm. was there like Mama stuff? Mama he produced, right? I don't think he directed. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the same so. with the orphanage he produced but didn't direct. So there, mm. there was less stuff from that. Uh, okay. And honestly, there was there was kind of minimal amount of props and objects from his movies. Those were definitely there. Mm. More of it was just the stuff that inspires him. Okay. And the random art that he acquires and has bought over the years. So when you're walking around there, you're really getting like an insight and insight into the things that make and inspire his movies wow. so okay. like all of like hp lovecraft busts and awesome. random sketches from all over there's even like a canadian artist who has painted a lot of weird stuff that clearly has inspired him and he's bought their kind of paintings yeah. i just can't believe how much shit he owns in terms of stuff he just buys a lot he of loves stuff. it he, he loves it and he makes like a little world for himself to live in that's amazing it's you have you must go i it's, really think i have to it's oh, like, i want to watch pan's labyrinth so bad I, I want to as well. After seeing that, I'm like, oh, I need to watch everything that he's done. And even they had like um, a lot of TVs around where they were just showing clips of certain things. Mm. So when they're like, oh, here's his monsters, it'd, it'd be one TV showing all the monster clips, another right. TV showing like all the clips that encapsulate wonder that a kid has. It's just, it's an amazing, mm. the whole exhibit is an amazing insight into his mind and how he works and 
what inspires him, what motivates him. You must wow. go. You yeah. must go. I want to step inside that guy's brain, like yeah. being John Malkovich, just crawl through a little hatch. And this exhibit is the closest you can. Wow. And even Pan's Labyrinth, I wasn't aware that um, the pale man, the guy who has like the melted face and the eyes on the hands, yeah. I wasn't aware that he was a bad force. Like I, I thought, that? no, I just from the trailers that I've seen, I didn't know that he was kind of the bad guy. But the the whole exhibit like spends a lot of time with him and shows you that he was inspired by the underbelly of a manta ray for like how his face looks Whoa. and stuff and that's why the texture is <laughs> oh like yeah with the mouth but you can't see the eyes exactly wow yeah and it's like super pale yeah man yeah he that's it that is one of the creepiest scenes from pan's labyrinth is with that guy i can't i can't wait to see it yeah. i got it i gotta do that soon oh and all the food that they're eating in that scene it's yeah. very visceral in that movie is when they're eating i cool. can see that very well but it's not horror enough to be considered a horror movie i no but there's course. moments for sure that like absolutely yes it's better than some we've done in this podcast but as a whole it's a fairy tale movie right it's, it's more fantasy than yeah. anything else yeah and it would probably work but i don't think so i don't think that's what he was going for right to freak you out it's about this little girl so right. i'm gonna say no cool yeah i really want you to go because you've seen a lot more of his movies and you have watched them for years and you're more familiar so i'm curious to see what how you take that mm-hmm. exhibit it's like I think it's 25 bucks to get into the exhibit and the rest of the gallery. But if you have a student ID and they don't look very closely, I can give you my student ID <laughs> and that can get you in for 16 bucks, which is a little cheaper. Cool. And you'll, it takes time. Like you can spend a few hours there really taking in every bit. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta go with somebody who cares. We'll though. appreciate it. Yeah, we'll yeah. want, we'll not be like, can we go? Can we go? You yeah. want, or even like, yourself. Like that's a good thing to do. Just, yeah. Maybe I'll just go just me, dude. I think that'd be a great, um, what do you call it? Like an artist state where you just kind of take yourself, like go see a movie alone or something to get inspired. A vision you, quest. Yeah. There's <laughs> something where you can spend yeah. as much time. Actually, an exhibit like this might be more appropriate to do alone because you can spend as much time as you want with every piece, read all the yeah. things you want to read, move on from the things you don't. Yeah. You're not under the sway of someone else. Well, yeah. You mentioned like a um, an HP Lovecraft bust. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at that, you, you'll see what is he inspired by stonework? Yeah. Is he, is this person really important? It's like, well, what does Lovecraft represent? Like, why would why when del toro looks at a bust of lovecraft yeah is that inspiring to him dude it's not only like a bust that, he has like a full statue of lovecraft there you go <laughs> so it's like the guy is clearly he knows the guy and his work better than just like the image so that yeah. it, it brings that all up in his head when right. he looks at that so i don't have that so that'd be something i would love to like look at and read the write-up about it like what it means to del toro i want to you should do it your, your next day off yeah, it's okay it's on until january so just one of your oh, great days or oh, mornings fuck off yeah grab a coffee and just spend a few hours just wandering through. It'll be so rewarding. You'll mm-hmm. love it. Um, yeah, I was the one thing it did inspire me to do other than want to go back and watch all his films is I reserved a collection of Lovecraft stories mm-hmm. in the library and I'll go yeah. read and you've, you have read a bunch of his stuff, right? I've read a lot of like Cthulhu. Have you read like, I don't, um, I'm aware of him. It's like a phenomenon, uh, still yeah. a cultural phenomenon of sorts. But yeah, it's just so, and uh, it's insane <laughs> just looking at or reading through that and just it's about the minds of people mm. and that's like what's so good about cthulhu is it's a um, insane tale where people are going nuts more so than it is a giant monster cool you know the coming of cthulhu is the coming of madness like it's it's amazing wow yeah it's awesome yeah it's i'll um, i'll to i'll uh update you when i when i get that book and read that short story that it's a short story right or yeah. a novella yeah yep yeah, and cool. it's great it's great it's lovecraftian for sure it's kind of hard to read but it's really good and i'm not sure if it's lovecraftian but we are definitely today watching a movie yeah we're watching one of the great creature films of all time today it's a cult classic (laughs) people love this one 
I've um, I've seen one of these movies, but I don't know which really? one. Yeah, I don't know which one. I don't know any of the plot that happens. I can just see a couple of people dying. Okay. And I can see like the effects of the pumpkin head creature. Mm-hmm. We're doing pumpkin head. We're doing pumpkin head. Uh, um, I can I can see that, but I don't know if it was the first one. I, I can't tell. I don't know what happens. So it's still kind of like vague in your memory. Yeah. I don't know about like the laws or the, the logic behind the monster or anything like that, where it comes from. Nothing. I've Do you just remember it being it. good or enjoyable? The things I loved the fuck out of what I was seeing, but I don't, I can't place it. I can't My place suspicion why. is that it is the first one because the second one was straight to video and then the, the third and fourth one were straight to TV. So mm. I imagine, but that's also like more likely where I would have seen it. So it see. could have could been be one of those, like Space Network late at night yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, I spent a lot of like late nights at my at my ex's place downstairs watching their massive projector TV just because I couldn't sleep. Yeah, and so I saw some shit. That's oh. where I saw a lot of the movies that I've ever seen. All right, well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about this is the director Stan Winston. He only really directed this in one other movie. His main thing is he's done the special effects for huge movies. He does the special effects for Terminator Two, for Iron Man, for Aliens, oh. for AI. Whoa! This is the special effects guy for those movies, and this is him on his own going off and being like, "I want to make my own movie. It's going to be about a killer that, pumpkinhead demon I mean, dude." I must have seen the first one then because, like, that my memory of Pumpkinhead is that I don't feel like it's. I have no reason to believe it's a great movie. I know it's a cult classic and people tend to be like, that's ah, a cult classic. Right. That usually means it's it doesn't not mean that it's good. amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's like a cult classic rather than saying it's a classic <laughs> right. means that a bunch of people decided it was good after most people didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember seeing it on TV and thinking like, I love seeing this monster. Like the effects didn't bug me and they tend to. Cool. So that just hearing that he's like a special effects wizard primarily yeah. makes perfect sense for my, enjoyment even though i know nothing about the movie i know i enjoy seeing Pumpkinhead on screen yeah i think the log line was something about an older dude taking revenge on a bunch of teenagers by summoning a pumpkin head demon great character sounds great sounds awesome sounds wonderful <laughs> inspired by a poem originally yeah I oh roses are red violets are blue pumpkin head is gonna c- come get you. for you oh here's is better god well <laughs> i landed on the ride at least but yeah he, uh it inspired all those straight to video sequels it inspired video game a video game, a comic book. So there is a cult of Pumpkinhead out there. And indeed, we're watching this movie today because it was a suggestion from our survey at the end of last year. So yeah. we don't know who you are, Scaredy Cat, but we're watching this movie because yeah. you suggested that we yeah. watch it. It was all anonymous. If you hopped onto our survey and suggested that we watch Pumpkinhead, you're the only one who did so. And uh, you're the reason that we're watching this episode. Yeah. There is also a massive laundry list of other movies that w- were in those suggestions. And I think we're going to get to all of them. Oh, definitely. I think so. Yeah. So if you suggested a movie and filled out a survey, thank you so much. Yes. Thank we're, you. We're going to watch those movies. Mm-hmm. Just stay tuned sometime yeah. this year. You guys have an unreasonable amount of power over us. And you don't <laughs> even know it. You never abuse it, but you should. All right, with that, um, maybe we should, <laughs> let's put our pumpkin heads on and check out this film. Chris, you want to get fucked up and drink some wine and watch Pumpkinhead? Hell yeah, I do. Yeah! <laughs> Pumpkinhead is coming. Yeah. Pumpkin head is coming. Yeah. That was pumpkin head. That uh, was pumpkin head. I loved that so much. Can I just that be the first thing we say? Is Please, I loved that so right fucking much. That that's, was so much fun. That's awesome. You seem to yeah totally enjoy it. And maybe because like a week ago we watched uh, the Exorcist Part Two. Uh huh. <laughs> and it let me down. Quite a different thing. I mean, that's why 
it was smart to end with this one in a mm-hmm. double day mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. go from that to this was a nice a nice punchy way to end it yeah. no nonsense no fat it was just <laughs> no straightforward <laughs> horror pumpkin head is coming yeah 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 that well was... let me say what i liked about that because you you've got nothing but love for it it seems yeah i don't have anything to say because basically yeah. just the movie love it <laughs> uh, good practical effects amazing like yes. that this is what happens when you have a special effects dude just make a movie you're gonna yeah. get an incredible creature feature yeah your animatronics suit makeup mm-hmm. that's what you need it looks so amazing it yeah. stands out it just it just seems like very close to xenomorph for me yeah, but that's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing like no. i still i loved watching it um yeah probably my favorite moment was when and it's kind of its mo was to pick people up by the head yeah and i love huge basketball player hands oh giant <laughs> basketball player hands yeah um i loved in particular when he took one of their faces near the beginning and smeared it against the glass oh yeah so they're all in looking out and their friend's face is just being smeared and then smashed <laughs> through the glass smashed through a huge pool of blood around love that, that. That was so good. They were so like technically alive. Uh-huh, that uh-huh. kind of felt like Friday the Thirteenth, like someone getting thrown through the window. Totally, and that's when they like die. Totally. Oh, that was great. Even when they open the door and the body falls, that's a similar shot to yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. You're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. But unlike Friday the Thirteenth, we get to watch a lot of deaths firsthand, see specifically how they die. Yeah, and yeah, just the practical effects of the dude, but then also the lighting in this movie is incredible. The lighting is insane, with the one exception being like they the some of that red. Thank you. Yeah, uh, like some of those internal shots, like in a house, and mm-hmm. it didn't matter where it was, like in the uh, I don't know what to call her, the witch's house, every house, in his own house, in the weird hillbilly's house. Yeah, all of them. Just the cr- the lighting was just this. Regardless if it was by fire or by light bulb, yeah. it was just this red orange yeah. wash, like red phosphorus blowing, glowing so bright that you can't see yeah. anything else. It, it was such a relief. Out. It was such a relief whenever we went back outside and saw yeah. full color again. Yeah, and that that is that may be the only criticism I have of this entire film. Mm-hmm. That, that graded on me a little bit right but yeah just the creature effects are amazing i think all all or most of the performances for most part was mm-hmm. really good yeah you know the the setup we laughed a little bit as we were just like getting getting you know, into the tone of the movie getting yeah. into it but i just had to make a comment that like at a certain point after like 10 or 15 minutes i'm like i'm totally in i love i don't know if it's the wine what it is mm-hmm. that's making me love this so much if it's that we just watch exorcist too but i'm loving the setup i'm totally into this movie that's awesome you join you join a whole army of pumpkin heads out there i'm in guys i am in <laughs> yeah it's i i love that it's just like a nice tight little story i mean one hour 20 minutes is perfect for this it's just a simple yeah. classic curse type scenario yeah where to summon this one thing is to somewhat bring them along your own demise yeah it's basically tying yourself to a monster mm-hmm. yeah kind of like head feelings of like the brood with like the mother and all those little kids like right it's him though and as soon as he realizes what's going on he completely is like i'm seeing what's happening to these kids this is not what i wanted this yeah it's not what i'm in for you very quickly regret the thing that you had summoned and cursed but then the whole idea of them being linked was an awesome like final yeah. turn near the end yeah that was like, great oh shit and and physically they kind of were meeting in the middle he was slowly turning into the thing yeah and the thing was slowly Tur- looking had, like him it had his face mm-hmm. like right near the end that was so good i was like holy shit yeah i like said that and that's lot. why at the end the corpse that she buries is technically of him but it's it him. looks like it's the new pumpkin head monster but it's him this yeah. time yeah so good and that's just like that's ripe for making like a whole mess of sequels oh it's it like just the, yeah the logic is perfect for sequels the rules and the formula is set up and now you can just take it add new characters mm-hmm. find that old witch yeah 
Um, so like uh, chiefly among the things that I loved about this movie, the cinematography, like the setup of shots, mm-hmm. I just kept commenting on how good, like when he was that first shot of him in the graveyard at Pumpkinhead's grave on yeah. that little raised plot of gl- uh, grass or whatever it was mm-hmm. that shot as it just zoomed out in the fog in the graveyard i'm like this is amazing this oh, is a beautiful this, shot this motherfucker knew how to like set up a night shot in the woods holy for <laughs> blue yeah. light just like flooding in and a perfect amount of fog, fog. just creeping in in different spots it's also got to be like multi-tiered uh, scenery like it's never flat it's never on a hill it's always there's there are multiple tiers that he can mm-hmm. use yeah like the camera's either sitting and and you know strafing on it or you know you can just see it in the shot there's another tier of land going up higher lower than the actors yeah i mean the set set design is brilliant like the just that solid plot in the center like the little column in the Uh, graveyard itself as a thing that you have to climb up onto yeah i love that and it just like we were joking in the beginning about how vague his instructions from the witch were Mm -hmm. like just you'll know it back in the woods the old graveyard back there you'll figure it out you'll you'll know what you're looking for when you find it bring it back Uh it's like jesus christ could that be more vague but then when you get there it's it's patently obvious like so obvious like oh you were right you were right. And you called out the pumpkins mm-hmm. in the area, yeah. too. They had all these gross, like, sort of, like, uh, poorly developed, gourd-looking pumpkins, mm-hmm. you know, all around everywhere. Like like um, pumpkins that have been on your neighbor's porch for six weeks after Halloween, <laughs> and they <laughs> have not go. moved them off. Yeah. Like, they weren't the, that perfect, like, blossomed pumpkin shape. Mm-mm. They were all weird, you know, just clinging onto a vine, just grotesque, like, uh, mutated Christmas bulb-looking things. Yeah, yeah. They're awesome. That's such a great little effect. Right. And, like, that the the creature generally had, you know, a big sort of bulbous pumpkin head-looking mm-hmm. skull. Right. And that there are pumpkins there. Like, it's such a weak connection, but, like, that's what you need when, in one of these. Like, it's the Blair Witch. It's the, you know, the, the monster is a very simple name mm-hmm. that doesn't, like, that just sort of stands for where it's from. Exactly. And it was just nice to have those weird, gross-looking, raw, half-rotted gourds yeah. just sprinkled in that, just to complete that set. Like, that helps this is a so master. much. Yeah. He's clearly a visual thinker above anything else. Mm-hmm. He was really laid out these beautiful spots. Like, how yeah. great was the set piece of the church the like rotted out church yeah. when he shows up there near the end yeah just um all the just the beams of wood acting as crosses mm-hmm. dude mm-hmm. like pissing off pumpkin head yeah just look great with all the light streaming in that looked beautiful and when he went into the um the garage at the end um it was all red lit again but uh-huh. like that shot of him coming in and all the light like seeping in you could see all the tools and everything like that it was right. just another one of those gorgeous gorgeous shots mm-hmm. the light like the lighting really made Absolutely. All of those set choices like really, really, really pop. Absolutely. And it's interesting too to have a story like this not just set kind of in the rural countryside, but it's kind of about like the clash between civilization and the countryside. It's like these Mm. teens who are you know, just out there having like a weekend trip, just like in Cabin in the Woods or something like that, or Evil Dead is a better one to reference, probably the more original, but going out there into the countryside and kind of messing with what's happening there and then them kind of paying the costs. Sort of the the backwoods costs that you pay for like totally. a hills have eyes almost like, exactly you, you don't know what you're walking into but like it is dark and it is bad yeah and it's overwhelming in those first 10 minutes because you just get introduced to so many different characters yeah, and it's so quickly so funny and silly you think you've met everyone i mean you have the teens and the guy and his son because you had yeah. that um per, the flashback at the beginning of the father when he was a kid and mm-hmm. when he saw yeah so you think that this is all it but then a truck pulls up with like 
seemingly 23 kids in the back. Yeah, a clown car of yokels. Yeah, all wearing burlap <laughs> sacks. Fill out, yeah. Like literally wearing burlap sacks, <laughs> and including just... Mayim Bialik from Blossom the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> that was a good good catch, by the way. One of those kids, if you guys didn't notice, is... Is Mayim Bialik. Yeah. And like, it just she just stood out so much. Like she has such a unique face. Yeah. And she's, she's got to be like 10, 11 here or something. Yeah, and I don't think they even called her back for the scenes when they went back no, to the No, she just house. did that opening. Maybe yeah. she was one of the ones in the background. Yeah, I'm sure she was in the background, but like... Either way, the focus actress they dressed up so many kids in just dirt, dirt. packed on their face <laughs> and literally burlap sacks <laughs> like uh, yeah and you said earlier it was hilarious the three colors that they used in this movie were red dirt and dust yeah <laughs> that was like what you saw especially those interior shots yeah, yeah yeah definitely but then later it became forest and fog and wet yeah well the forest fog ones were like blue black wash yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. and the inside were red orange yeah 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 that was a good good contrast and it always stayed mm-hmm. no matter what you were looking at it was always horror they rarely took you out and yeah made you like have an emotional scene where right. you oh it was great I, I i loved um just in terms of the storytelling and like what the story represents i love that it's like this um guy he loses his kid it's a re- it's a vengeance story that like spins and gets like a little worse than it should yeah usually the character who like is calling for vengeance is not a character that they try to make the audience identify with which was great and not only that but they like made this guy go back on his like revenge plan he's like no i'm seeing it i'm like part of it i don't this is not what i wanted mm-hmm. you know and that's he, interesting for a tight story for him to turn yeah. on his motives so he, quickly he changes and that's so hugely important because that's eventually how they end up taking him down is it's by like the guy who summoned it is also you the have guy to who injure took him down. in order to yeah pumpkin head yeah and they never had a chance to figure that out they're like learning from this kid right near the end of the movie the last two survivors of six yeah are learning like what pumpkin head is you know? and the witch the witch was well aware of this part of mm-hmm. the logic oh yeah because when he says i'm gonna go out and stop him she's like well then that'll be your end yeah like you're gonna have to you're gonna be yeah. dead if you if that's what you want but yeah she's just like logically going like that's dumb yeah because it's you either by summoning this thing you either are gonna have to live with the guilt of having summoned this thing to kill these people for the rest of your life or you're gonna and have be to choose, damned yes or you're going to have to choose to die by it yourself exactly yeah that's yeah. great that's such a great way to bring the um sort of the inciting incident character mm-hmm. into the story and remain in the story yeah. is like not throwing them away it's like you're a bad character so we don't need to focus on you or we can kill you off immediately or whatever you can be the final like uh, the kids eventually find you and kill you mm-hmm. and wipe you out so you're Either basically way. yeah exactly that's why it's the monkey's paw type situation just a different right exactly yes a different exactly. expression of it's, it. it's like a monkey's paw he mm-hmm. made a wish to, for revenge and it had a very nasty consequence which then he ended up making the noble decision so it's like totally yeah we and most of the characters we were able to in, like them in some way or another. Like they had some sort of redeeming thing with the, I feel like Except maybe the exception asshole. of yeah. the asshole who gets <laughs> who, guns. Who stabbed. killed him. Who killed him off the bat. Who kills the kid. Yeah. yeah with his the motorcycle. Kid. And um, I love how pumpkin had killed him. That was so good. Cause he, you think that he's he took the gun. The yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, pumpkin is just going to shoot you. That's, that's dumb. Yeah. You deserve worse than that. And then he impales him on it and like lifts him into the air. So satisfying. So good. It's a gun and he stabs him with it. Amazing. It, it feels like such a fairy tale too, especially when you're just going up to meet the witch and the, the idea of a witch in a cabin deep in the woods, yeah. like all living in complete isolation. Yeah. Right. It's very like Hans Christian Anderson, Hansel and Gretel. Sure type thing and just crossing that bridge to go into her place Mm -hmm. and she doesn't even like look at who's coming in she can just stare forward yeah what do you want yeah 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 
Yeah, and um, great makeup on her as well. Yeah, she looked good and washed <laughs> in red the whole time <laughs> that we got to see her, of course. It's true. Maybe that wash looked better on like a tube TV, but in HD, it like, yeah, it just looks a little plain and doesn't hold up as much. Yeah, and there were some really good shots, like right, one of the early shots where she was like um, really close to the camera and he was in the background and he was blurred. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the nature of maybe HD and that red wash, Yeah, he just looked like a a little bulb uh, on top of her head exactly rather than a face looking at someone speaking very close to the camera in yeah. the foreground of the shot it does it doesn't hold up as well and what also really doesn't hold up is this thing that they do in the late 80s into the early 90s where um when some kind of intense action scary action is happening all of a sudden it cuts to they still use the same frame rate but they go half speed like slow motion You're right so instead of yeah. being effective slow motion it just looks like chunky like and people yeah. kind of fall slowly and i, yeah. I hate that it's that, like a bad clip show it just does not hold up like no, it, just, it, it looks like a chunky kind of slow and awkward hate... it's not scary it takes you out of the yeah. mood that happened in friday the 13th right at the beginning with Absolutely. the first kill right and it's it happens Ugh. in months we've watched i'm trying to remember other ones but i hate that it shit. stands out yeah. it looks so stupid uh-huh. it's it's the only thing that, that is is a visual effect there, yeah. there's no justification in, uh, for that in any other way and it takes you out it's like they're suddenly they're not going as fast exactly like that yeah that's completely technical and i really hate even that if you film it and double the frame rate and then just slow that down it would it would at least look smooth but yeah. because it's like choppy because it's choppy it and maybe sensibilities of the late 80s early 90s were such that that was effective yeah and you're like oh shit what's with this lag that's so scary but now in the age of the internet we it just looks like a buffering video to us exactly that's fucking you just nailed it dude it looks like an error more than anything else yeah i I really hate those sorts of effects but you forget all about them when you see the beautiful lighting and set pieces oh yeah moments yeah yeah top to bottom the lighting is always making you feel good about what you're looking at Mm -hmm. and and like um i don't think this is like one of the best movies i've ever seen but like there's so little to get like hung up on and like it's such an enjoyable ride it's a perfect amount of time the Mm -hmm. storytelling is so evident on screen they don't need a lot of exposition to do it yeah Um, it's it's so clean tight and straightforward it's hard not to like enjoy it yeah it's it's maybe even despite ourselves like because there's probably in these types of movies there's a lot of things that you can find that's wrong with it Mm -hmm. but it's just it went down smooth that's maybe the easiest way to say it i i love just the right when you're starting off the bat too it's like they've got okay we're way in the countryside but also we're gonna have cool dirt bikers and we're gonna hire some stunt dirt bikers (laughs) to do cool wheelies and just gun it over the hills i did not see coming that they were gonna like just a kid was gonna get killed by those things no not at all i thought the dog was gonna get killed and that Mm. was gonna be the impetus like i thought it would just be a way more pg but no he gets hit and is injured for a long time and then he dies and stupid teens just freak right out and make the wrong decision and the the one sort of the the nice kid the brother of the bad guy Mm -hmm. steve Oh yeah, he yeah, that's his name. Um, he tries to help. He does everything right, and he, he sticks still around. Gets, Everyone else peels off. Yeah, and he's still he's like, I'll stay with the kid. You guys go. Yeah, and he's like, Can I help? He's trying his best, mm-hmm. and he's the first one to get killed by Pumpkinhead. Um, he gets just dragged up into the trees, and he flops down, just dead. I love those shots of Pumpkinhead up in the tree. Yeah, where he would climb way up, and he was holding what's her face up by was it the leg or her head? I feel like he had her head, and then he dropped her. Just dropped on yeah, a rock. But you usually with creature features like this, um, because maybe you're not you don't have as 
amazing of a visionary in charge of it you just you get like little shots of the creature at the beginning and at mm-hmm. the end you just get the full scale reveal but because in this one the guy is able to show so many shots of what it's like moving around like i don't know if it's robotics or a puppet but because of that you get reveals and shots of the creature very early in the film yeah and you just get to see it do more cool shit throughout the rest of it yeah you get the reveal of its like face thra- thrashing around that first victim mm-hmm. um right in the initial Opening, scenes yeah flashback yeah and then and then they start playing the like tease you game they like um uh, one of the things that struck me really well is like this is the one of the greatest like teasing i know there's a big monster is when he took maybe the um the second girl and he dragged her over the roof yes and you just see her legs oh going over gosh. the top of the just roof flop backwards yeah, yeah it's like so it's like perfectly implying that this thing is just dragging her off into the night mm-hmm. but you've like already seen its hand come down like mm-hmm. you, and you saw it earlier in the movie you know it's just a big monster yeah but they're still being judicious with showing it early um not in, not for the perspective of the the viewer but for the perspective of this group of teens right. who have caused the the incident yeah they're just getting glimpses of it yeah which I, is amazing totally I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than, and I still like Dog Soldiers, but to me, this is kind of like a better version on a yeah. lot of the things that Dog Soldiers tries to do. Sure. You're in like a cabin in the woods. It's dark. This thing's trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's definitely, in mm-hmm. terms, this is, this movie like really ranks high for me. Dude, this. I get it. Like, I The practical effects it. are amazing. It looks so, so good. Yeah. It, it looks great. Um, All the, but not, even when it's not on screen, even when we haven't seen it for 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. like all the shots in between are really good. The acting is really good. I, I really like that about it is that this creature isn't always present. It kind of goes off into the woods and then comes back yeah. and forth, you know? Yeah, and they didn't do any dumb... Like, they didn't make a first-person perspective or weird angles where maybe it's looking at them through the trees. Yeah. It just... Here it is. Mm-hmm. It shows up and it starts doing its shit. I loved when they were at that like a, that old half-built church and it just yeah. was standing in the doorway. Oh, and the then, doorway, yeah. For and then sure. they all run off and we get an extra scene where it goes in and breaks the cross. Mm-hmm. That, He's holding the cross up and it's this moment of like, your cross means nothing. Yeah. And we have a few moments of it smiling and shit, like (laughs) so good. To me, that cross moment is like meant to establish, um, well, like in your conventional horror movies, you think something like Christianity can hold off the demons or, you know, that some kind of a rosary has or holy water has power to do it. That scene for me is Pumpkinhead being like, this means nothing to me. Like yeah. this cross is just a dumb symbol and I'm, I'm more powerful than uh, it. Yeah. Hey viewers, is this your hope? Smash, yeah, smash, exactly. Smash. Yeah. Exactly. Just talking to the screen. Beautiful. I love that shit. And One we thing- just saw a lot of it. Like in that scene, we saw the lightning and the, like it, um, it looked kind of like a uh, Hellraiser with that blue light coming in through wood. Like happens. Oh, a I thought about Hellraiser. Blue, about Hellraiser a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had that look to it when he was in that scene, but we saw it so much. We saw it walking and just like taking big steps. Yeah. No one does that. There's because the blue and the darkness and the way that the light would come through fog is very much like the aesthetic of Hellraiser all yeah. the way through. Oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah. In terms of the opening <clears throat> dusty aesthetic, which is kind of the other move that it makes, it has a lot of different kind of palettes across the film. It does. But the like opening bright dusty uh, aesthetic really reminded me of Tremors. Did you ever watch those movies? Yeah, I did. It's the same kind of setting, yeah. like kind of in some sure. rural, rural uh, southern state. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very dusty and everyone's kind of talking with a hill- hillbilly accent. Yeah. But that one, it's giant worm creatures and it's Kevin Bacon and a couple <laughs> sheriffs and they got to kill them. And it's, a, we, I think that's a horror enough movie to watch for horror. Sure. So I think you might really like that one too. Cause it's like I, no, solid it's, practical yeah, effects. I like you it. have seen it. Of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. I love Tremors. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I always, when I think of Tremors, I think of doom or dune. 
Dune? Yeah. Oh, because also dusty sand. Dusty sand, worms under the sand kind of deal. Is that what Dune is? Worms under the sand? Yeah. It's it's a much bigger political story about like the spice that controls the universe and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But right. like, yeah, there's giant worms under the sand. I'm excited. Uh, Denny Villeneuve is doing the, a new Dune movie. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. It's got to be. It's got to be good. Yeah. I, I have never admittedly sat down and read Dune. Me neither. And me. I must because that's my bread and butter, dude. Yeah, and you read some sci-fi. I love reading sci-fi. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't read Dune. That's like a and, yeah, it's a, one sci-fi of my da- 101. One of my dad's favorites. Like, oh, yeah? I, I don't have a real reason not to. I just finished It, by the way. You're done. I'm done. Excellent. Oh, my God. And tell me about that. I Okay, so the one takeaway um, is that at the end of It, when I was finishing it, I know that most people, when they read a book or watch a long show or something like that, when you get to the end, there's this, this feeling of sadness yeah. because it's ending. I felt a very, very distinct feeling of sadness at the end of this book, but not because I was done with it, but because of like the theme of them all forgetting what happened. Mm. Like that's just what happens after the events of Dairy and the events of It. Really? It all uh, yeah. just ends with them just... Basically, yeah, the adults don't really remember. They come back because Mike calls them and Mike never left Dairy, so he never forgot. But, um, but the rest of them completely forget. And like days after the final events of actually killing it, actually defeating it, meeting up, losing a couple members of their party along the way. Yeah. Um, Mike calls Richie after flying back to California. And Richie's like, did Stan have asthma or a limp? I can't remember. And it's like... It's already gone again. It's already going. He's like, Mike, I feel like I'm going to forget you soon. And they have these moments where like they know they're going to forget. They're like, just, I love you, man. Like... Holy shit. Yeah. And they... Bill stays in town longer than everyone else, so he's the last one there with Mike, and both of them are forgetting days after it happened. That sounds like there. that sounds like it's a very powerful um, uh, story to tell on just the nature of trauma and innocence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you can like going through something traumatic or whatever, especially as a child. Yeah, your brain for survival has to kind of forget everything associated with that, but sometimes you also forget some of the good along with the bad. Yeah, ex- exactly. You you forget in the story of. It, you forget your friends, your best friends, the people who got you through this thing. Yeah. But it's telling a story about how they came together through this other cosmic entity, brought them together to try to defeat right. it. The turtle. Yeah, the turtle. <laughs> um, well, not necessarily. All right. Yeah. Um, you, you've read it. I have. I have. Um, and then, oh, God, it's so fucking sad. Great. Are you uh, excited? You're pumped to see what they do with the adult one now? I really am. Uh, it seems like, how are they going to avoid putting a spider in it somehow but the spider in the 90s winnie series it's in the book yeah yeah straight from the book have uh, you have you gone back and watched the 90s one or are you tempted to I, I i should watch it i just want to see all of the stuff that they've done totally yeah um so i will but i know that's going to be the thing that disappoints me the most the spider just the the 90s miniseries in general i know it's going to be good pennywise like yeah well, you it's it's such a different pennywise so yeah it, but i mean that seems i can tell already with all the clips that i watched before the okay 2017 it came out of just best pennywise moments mm-hmm. those fit way better into the book that i've read now right. and i feel like the tim curry's pennywise is truer to the book from the clips that you've seen f- from the clips that i've seen right. and scars guards pennywise is scarier yeah for like a movie experience i think that fits and there are like there's some moments with pennywise from the 90s miniseries that have just really stayed with me like mm. that are just super super creepy but then there are other ones that just feel so cheesy like specifically the George, the original georgie scene like at the beginning yeah for some reason i remember that being silly with tim curry like him being like oh yeah you'll all float to float to <laughs> just seems so heightened yeah. But um, whereas the scar scared yeah. one is iconic, that but that's that's the one where like um, the the kid actor who played Georgie in that one was telling Tim Curry that he was being too scary. Oh, in really? those takes, 
That's he's hilarious. like too scared of what he's doing. He's like, well, I know, but I'm supposed to. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? That's that's awesome. So I will watch it. Um, you read this book just for the listener. If you haven't, it is so devastatingly sad, and the messages at the end are just so poignant and. It's great. Yeah, it was amazing. I can't wait to finish this goddamn dissertation so I'll have more time to read things mm. or have more interest in reading things than yeah. instead of political theory and philosophy all day long. It's difficult not to. I have The Stand at home. I'm probably just going to read The Stand. Dude, The Stand is supposed to be one of the best ones for yeah. Stephen King. So I think I'm just going to read it. Go for it. And yeah. so, one person I know, maybe you know them too, maybe it's a mutual friend, has like a The Stand quote as their banner right now. And it's such a good quote that it makes me want to read. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is, but... Um, okay. But yeah, I'm. I have it at home. I'm reading it right now. It's oh, like just nice. as thick. Yeah, it's that big too. It's a. It's a tome, dude. Yeah. But you plowed through it. I yeah. guess. Yeah, in a month, it, month or so. It took me a while. Yeah, maybe. But you did it. So stand. We'll hear back from you on updates on that. Yeah, you totally will. On Dave's reading corner. <laughs> Dave's library. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Pumpkinhead was wonderful. Thanks to whoever suggested that. It was a really fun time. Yeah. Let us know. I. You know who you are. Yeah. And you, say hi. You done good, kid. <laughs> so when he recognizes that the beast is part of him he, he shoots himself in the face he shoots himself in the head and then like a bullet through the temple to the temple and then he gets out of his truck mm-hmm. and like walks a bunch of steps <laughs> and then falls down yep and then he's like kill me and he gets up again somehow and, and gets blasted destroying his frontal lobe yeah because <laughs> this is a temple shot and you can yeah. see how he was holding the gun and I thought I thought the female character in that scene had figured it out at that point because she's like she glances at him, then Pumpkinhead, then him, then Pumpkinhead, and the scene yeah. what's going on, and the guy's like, oh, she's still not getting it. <laughs> Kill me. Yeah, I love the concept that like since Pumpkinhead's face has like turned vaguely more like his, that she can't tell the difference between the two of them. <laughs> she's oh. like, wait, which one is the real one and which one is the fake? That's because hilarious. Either or, you'd want to, you could shoot either of those. But yeah. the pumpkin head one just won't be as effective. Exactly. It seemed like um, it's easier to kill a human than pumpkin head. Yeah. So if you kill the human, then that's much easier than trying to kill. God. Yeah. Because he'd like walked over and he shot it in the head with his rifle. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's dead now. And then it just stabbed it him with not, the very same rifle. It was not dead. Twasn't. Twas it. And you were complimenting too when we were watching it. Um, how great it looked when pumpkin head burst into flames and they showed his skull in particular and yeah. the flames crawling over it just like the the shape of the flames on his skull that was a great way just for the movie to end too mm-hmm. like they were just like sitting there with oh. his body and stuff and then just whoosh. with a tight story like this you don't need an epilogue you don't need i don't need no. to see the characters we, driving back to the city feeling good just no. end it where the creature's dead yeah it, the creature dies bursts into flames and then the witch is burying his corpse with yeah. the the necklace on right it. how so that, good that's a perfect tag fucking perfect yeah, loved it fucking perfect ending uh instagram comments instagram comments on our the faculty post porcelain skylines hey porcelain skylines hey porcelain skylines said this movie was one of my absolute favorites what my first thought upon seeing this post was this soundtrack was killer hell yeah it was mm-hmm. the offspring everybody and yeah, I could probably quote Americana in my sleep. That's the best. <laughs> of course you could. Ah, <laughs> uh, the 90s. What a time to grow up. <laughs> I definitely agree about Josh Hartnett's character purposely failing his classes to stay in high school. So I guess we had a debate about that. We did. We discussed it. That was your position. Okay, right on. Yeah. It was the one place where he was actually worth something to someone. I wonder what his character will be selling to school kids in the remake that I'm sure will inevitably happen one day. That's a great prediction. <laughs> <laughs> a faculty comes back and faculty Josh Hartnett too. is just Zeke the creep. 
in an yeah. old in the same car hanging outside the school. <laughs> oh my god, he's, selling no, CBD he, to he, teens. He's a faculty member who's still uh, selling shit. Ah, uh, there you go. Or janitor. Janitor would be good too. Boob magazine is still the Boob. number one magazine. <laughs> It'd be a fun one to read for sure. All right, and we have another comment here on our The Voices post from Damaris Everyday. Damar is Everyday, I'm not sure. Um, it says, sing a happy song, sing a happy song. Come on, sing along, sing a happy song. Sing a song. <laughs> I, uh, the other, a few weeks ago, um, Jody was just getting ready for bed, and we had a couple like funny videos we watched on YouTube before, uh-huh. and so I just threw that on. Great choice. I just threw it on the credits for the voices. Has she seen the movie? No. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what the fuck is this? But I just had the time of my life. (laughs) Yeah, I could go for that again. It is so good. Especially with Jesus in there. Yeah, Jesus is is dancing around. And just Ryan Reynolds, like, there's so many close-ups of him just going, like, that had to be days (laughs) that they shot that final dance sequence like, i love all the choreography all their dresses and all like the different like yeah. shots and angles of them it's so good that that scene and that movie as a whole just has made an imprint on my brain for sure yeah i, I think about the voices a lot yeah. it took us a long time to finally watch it but it was always in the back of my mind yeah. just bubbling away totally just i remembered it you but... always would bring it up randomly when we were talking about something and, related and then boom we finally did it and it's, it's there so great it'll never leave and thanks for dancing along with us damaris every day yeah damaris damar is every day yeah thanks damaris every day and porcelain skylines for the comments on instagram thank you thanks for listening scaredy cats to another episode of the text chris dave saw massacre i'm chris vandenberg i'm david stonebra and as always chaos reigns chaos reigns chaos reigns chaos reigns Rifles are for stabbing, chaos reigns. See you pumpkin heads later.